striking for jiu-jitsu. If you want to know what it is, how it works, and what we do to advocate this in our academy, stay tuned. Guys, welcome back to the EK BJJ podcast. My name is Eddie Cohn, and I'm the host and founder of this show. I hope everyone out there is doing okay. So firstly, let me um, take this moment to apologize to everyone for the late recording of this podcast. I'd had some technical difficulties over the past few weeks, and my schedule had been backed up so much that I was unable to sit down, get five minutes just to record um, this episode. So I hope this is going to be a good episode for you. I hope you enjoy uh, the content that I'm putting out. And please remember to follow us on both Instagram, TikTok, um, and various other social media sites. You can find my Instagram handle is at EKBJJ, the same as my TikTok. So today I just wanted to talk to you guys about striking for jujitsu. How does it work? What does it look like? And is there actually any um, validity in the striking components of jujitsu? So let's get into it. Before I start, I just want to say, I sort of make this disclaimer really quick that for me, it's not even a disclaimer, but a kind of, I sort of put this out there. For me and my academy, Jiu-Jitsu consists of five components. And those components are striking, clinching, takedowns, throwing techniques, and finally, ground grappling, in that order. And that, that order means to me the way that the fight is dictated or the way that the fight is de- depicted, how, it, how the fight will unfold, um, starting with strikes, then onto clinching, takedowns, throwing techniques, and finally, ground grappling. Now, if we go back in time in jiu-jitsu, say, we know that jiu-jitsu has always been uh, an art of, of combat. It's always been an art of, of self-defense as much as it has been an art of self-offense, meaning we can both attack and defend using jiu-jitsu techniques. Now, we recently put out a video and the last time I checked on it, it was up to about 164,000 views and loads of comments. I think there's about 3,000 comments on there. Some comments for it and some comments um, questioning it and against it. And I'll, I'll address some of the comments and I'll address the actual video. The video was actually called Striking for Jiu-Jitsu and it was a very brief um, video. It was about a minute long and it surprised me how many views it had too. And the video was me and another uh, brown belt at the academy going over a, a way to clinch somebody in the street. And that video consisted of me throwing a, uh, a low side kick or a knee kick, as we now know it, and then moving forward, provoking the person, uh, the aggressor, to throw a rear hooking punch. When they throw the rear hook punch, we would then get the clinch off of that, that punch. Now that's not a new technique. This technique you can go back to 1993 and prior to that, if you watch the videos Gracie's in action, you will see a lot of the Gracie fighters back then using that, that technique. It's a way to provoke someone 
in a fight to throw a punch that we can capitalize on and, and, and formulate the clinch. Now, I believe that striking in jiu-jitsu is not only important, I believe it's a necessity. There are three styles of fighting that I'm aware of. We have BJJ, which focuses on the more point scoring, ground, uh, ground fighting, some takedowns when it comes to uh, jiu-jitsu, so the sportive aspect of jiu-jitsu. And, and this would go into another question of, is there a difference? And I'll come to the difference later on. We also have um, MMA, which again, although it has all of these things, it has the striking, the clinching, the takedowns, the throwing, the ground grappling, but it has um, some limitations. It has a weight division, it has pre-medicals, it has a referee, it has rounds, it has rules, um, it has time limits. Now, our, our thing is self-defense in every situation. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, as taught to me, was self-defense. Now, when people think about this self-defense, they think, oh, these moves are not going to work. Like if you grab the shoulder and, they, and you know, we wrap the arm, that it isn't going to work. But the reality of it is, is that the last option for us as Gracie Jiu-Jitsu exponents or practitioners is to be on the ground with someone. It's the last thing we want to be, is on the ground with someone. The contrary thing to that is, well, if I cannot obtain the clinch, if I cannot throw or take someone down, how can I bring the fight to the ground? And then the third part of that is, well, if I cannot get the clinch against a striking opponent, how can I apply jiu-jitsu? And although it's a very controversial subject, we, in my school, look at jiu-jitsu as a complete system of self-defense. So going back to what I was talking about with the striking being a necessity, we are not teaching people at our school to become the next UFC fighter or to be a proficient striker. What we're teaching them to do is be aware that in every situation, it will arise that you will be able to perhaps strike someone or potentially be struck by that individual. And if you never think about that, then you will never prepare for that. You will only prepare to go into a situation to grapple where there's no context or no focus on, I could be gouged here, I could be bitten here, I could be punched here, someone could rip my ear off here. Um, and that's a huge, huge bone of contention in the community. But for us, that's how we differentiate what we do. So if you think about this striking video we put out just for a moment, there were a lot of comments and, and some of the comments were things like, if you want to learn to strike, go to a striking class. And I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. If you want to focus on striking, go to a striking class. If you want to grapple, go to a grappling class. If you want to wrestle, go to a wrestling class, etc., etc. But there is a but here. We need to look at the instructor teaching that class. Who are they? What is their martial arts experience? And what knowledge or validity do they bring to the table? Now let's talk about me for a second. Prior to me starting jujitsu in 96, I was heavily into um, Thai boxing, Moi Baran to be um, exact. 
the the battle art of Thai boxing, where Thai boxing is a sport. The derivative of Thai boxing was American kickboxing or kickboxing. And then prior to that was Moi Baran. And the focus there was on heavy techniques. It was punches, elbows, knees, head uh, headbutts, all of this kind of stuff, low kicks. Um, basically a battle form of, of Thai boxing. Although the modern Thai boxer would consider Baran to be more of a spiritual or cultural display like Ramoy is where they they wear the the ribbon around the head and the arms and and they go around the ring so they would see it more as a traditional side of that and prior to that I'd also uh, boxed for a while so I was heavily into striking prior to um, learning jiu-jitsu now when I learned jiu-jitsu one of the things that didn't work well for me was combining a striking art with a jiu-jitsu art because the two although some of the strikes would work the system itself was flawed how could I move around like a boxer and then try to obtain the clinch while hopping back or uh, wheeling off to the side it it would it didn't make any sense it just didn't work for me when I began to learn jiu-jitsu I began to learn the concepts of the basic striking components that would set up clinches the basic striking components that would provoke someone to come forward. The basic striking components when I'm inside the closed guard, um, the basic striking components of when I'm on top of someone or if I'm underneath and they're on top of me, how to defend those common strikes. For us, we're not preparing to go into an arena to fight with someone. Although we have, you know, I have fought MMA, I've fought sport jujitsu, I've fought Thai boxing matches. Each one of those things I never did because I wanted to be a world champion because, you know, I'm not a world champion. Let's get that straight. But I did them to see what was effective for me prior to me teaching these techniques to other people. And what I found was learning these at a grassroots level would always benefit me. No, I couldn't put boxing into um, jiu-jitsu because the jiu-jitsu guys would slip under the basic uh, one, two, three combinations. They would slip under that, take me down. No, I couldn't throw kicks to certain parts of the body with jiu-jitsu guys because they would take me down. Now, we have UFC fighters that train at our gym. I have coached uh, a two-time world, uh, sorry, a two-weight world Bellator champion. Uh, Sorry, a Bama champion. He was a Bama champion, not Bellator. Um, I've coached these guys. So I train with elite guys and I see how it works and how it doesn't and what what's flawed and what isn't. Now, by no means am I saying that I'm an elite striker. I'm not saying that at all. I spent many, many years practicing striking arts and sparring and all of this stuff. But one thing I found was, like I said, it would never merge. There would always be something. So people asked, people said in those comments, oh, if you want to learn to strike, go to a striking class. And I would agree. But if you want to learn jujitsu for self-defense, then you need to practice it like self-defense. Otherwise, you're practicing the sportive derivative of the art. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. But the problem is, people say, oh, you know, this person's mis-selling a product, this person's doing that. 
Well, you too are mis-selling a product. You're teaching your students self-defense, inverted commas, but the first and primary objective you're teaching them is spider guard. You're teaching, you're teaching students that come through your door, spider guard, deep half guard. You, you have no consideration for them being struck, no consideration for them being on the ground or even taking the fight to the ground. Now, if we go back to our components of striking as the first and initial idea behind a confrontation, if you cannot strike, you have no reason being in a fight in the street. You know, no reason being able to defend yourself in the street because 99% of people will try and strike you. If you have no idea of how to defend those strikes, if you have no idea how to counter strike, how to manage distance with these strikes, don't be there. Don't be there. And this is not a stab or a knock on any jujitsu instructor or anyone. We're all jujitsu. It doesn't matter what. It's just the focus is different. And to be honest, a lot of people throw jabs at people doing these striking jujitsu stuff. Look at Eddie Bravo with EBI. You know, it's, it's now striking. Go back to Pancrase. If you look at, you know, the era of Pancrase, it was palm striking with grappling. Uh, palm striking and knees, no closed fist striking. These individuals, including Eddie Bravo, they have an idea. You know, they have an idea and that concept is coming, is come, seems to be coming back. The problem is, like I just said, that when people say, come and learn jujitsu for self-defense, you're not teaching jujitsu for self-defense. You're teaching jujitsu for sport. And you're selling a product which in you know, in, in, in the world will get students injured. Now, I never say, come and learn to be a world champion at my gym. I don't say that. Do I have world champions in my association? Absolutely, I do. Do I have um, IBJJF world champions in my gym, uh, in my association? Yes, I do. Um, am I accountable for their training? No, because they're part of our affiliate teams. I have some of the most amazing competitors in my association. But my primary objective is to teach my students how to defend themselves in a real life situation. Striking. If you cannot strike your way in and out of a, of a clinch, then you cannot get to the clinch, which means your jujitsu is invalid. If your only means is to jump guard in a street fight and be, you know, potentially smashed on the ground, you have no reason in one, being in the fight, and two, being able to call your jiu-jitsu self-defense. And this is all my opinion. Two, where is the consideration for multiple attackers? Being on the ground with multiple attackers. Where's the, where's the consideration? There isn't any. Now, there are many, many people that say, Oh, there's no difference between sport jiu-jitsu and Gracie jiu-jitsu. There is. There's a huge difference. And that's just some of the differences that I am ex expressing. So back to those comments, people were saying, oh, you know, the grappler has no idea, has, should not be teaching um, jiu-jitsu guys to fight, uh, to throw punches, to strike. I'll say this to those comments. If you have never taken a lesson with me or one of my instructors, you have no, no uh, um, 
substance in your comments. That's why we don't respond. You have no substance in those comments because you don't know our history. You don't know what we're teaching. You don't know how we're teaching. In fact, you're the guy who started training jujitsu six months ago and think you know everything about spider guard and X guard and deep half guard and all of these guards when you have no real concept of real self-defense. Now there is a fourth component. We spoke about sport jujitsu. We spoke about MMA guys. And we spoke about what we do. There is also reality-based fighters, reality-based combat guys. Nothing wrong with those guys. Some amazing guys out there that do that. Um, how can you pressure test that in a real environment? How do you pressure test reality-based stuff in, a, in an environment? You can't. You can't gouge eyes. You can't bite. You have no training partners left. You can't rip ears off. You can do it on pads, but pads, as Bruce Lee said, don't hit back. They don't strike you back. So it's really important that we understand that jujitsu as self-defense must have strikes. Now, when we're talking about strikes, what are these strikes? We're talking about basic palm strikes. We're talking about closed fist strikes. We're talking about hammer fists. We're talking about elbows. We're talking about knees. We're talking about headbutts. We're talking about knee stumps. We're talking about all of the stuff that other people are going to do. Okay, so... If we fight our way in and we're able to get the clinch, which we should be, then how do we bring that fight to the ground with a larger opponent? What reliable options do we have? Well, we have takedowns. We have trips. We have sweeps. We also then move into throws. We could throw someone to the ground. Now, in a real street fight, we throw someone to the ground. Our option should not be to grapple that individual. Our option should be to get away from the situation. I had another comment was that someone said to me one time was about de-escalation. They said, oh, why don't you de-escalate in jiu-jitsu? Why do you not talk about de-escalation? We do talk about de-escalation, but de-escalation only works if both parties want to de-escalate. One cannot de-escalate the other if the other's up here. It doesn't work. So we're using our striking as our first but last resort, if that makes sense. Confrontation happens, there's no avoiding it. Our first response to it should be to strike. It should be to strike our way into the clinch or to strike our way out of the clinch and even to hold our position. It's very basic. We're not teaching people amazing footwork. We're not teaching them amazing combinations. We're teaching them the basic concepts behind striking. We also, which we'll come to another time, have a weapon defense program. Again, people are confused on the weapon defense program. Oh, if a knife comes out, you're going to get cut. We know if a knife comes out, you're going to get stabbed. Same team. But isn't it better to have and not need the need and not have? That's the concept behind it. If we're teaching a complete system of self-defense, then we must be able to cater for our students within that setting. I cannot say to someone, I'm teaching you self-defense. You come into my school and lesson one is spider guard um, and inversions. How does it work? How does that even pro you know, process? Now, there's nothing wrong if you're doing that. And I'm not bashing anyone. Let me just get that clear. There's no bashing going on here. But people are ill-informed. People do not understand. They, they, they 
they come into jujitsu and they think jujitsu is colorful geese, um, you know, loud music in the academy and training. There's nothing wrong with that if that's how you run your academy and spider guard, you know, inverted guard, deep half guard, and that's self-defense. Well, what about everything before that? We've been propagating this message, if you go back for years, for years and years. Hicks and Gracie came out a few years ago and he said, the black belts of today, and, and this is not uh, verbatim, this is how I remember it, they're amateur black belts. And I fully understand what he means. And when he says they're amateur black belts, what he means is they lack the concept and ideas of teaching their students to be safe in a street confrontation. Uh, Henna and Hiron, they got bashed really bad when, when they came out with the online stuff and self-defense. People bashed them even till today about it. But do you know what? Those guys exposed the weakness in jiu-jitsu to the world. They exposed it about people not training with gloves and people not training in accordance with what they believe to be um, jiu-jitsu self-defense. And remember, their grandfather and their uncles are the people that, that taught me. So it's incredibly important that we're able to strike when in jiu-jitsu, whenever we can, in a position, in a fight, because if not, we're resorting strictly to trying to grapple. Now, if we look at um, some of the most incredible jiu-jitsu guys to ever grace the, the stage of the UFC, and again, we know it's a sports setting, but let's, let's just take a look and analyze this for a moment. Would you go and learn to strike from Nogueira, Big Nog, Little Nog, Damian Meyer? You know, would you go and learn to strike from those guys? They're doing seminars all around the world with no question about these guys striking, these guys, you know, teaching MMA or Jiu Jitsu. But fundamentally, their background is Jiu Jitsu. They've spent a very long time learning Jiu Jitsu, they've spent hours and hours practicing striking but they've pieced it together so well you know all of these kind of guys if you look at um, Gunnar Nelson I don't know his striking background but he blends it very well with jiu-jitsu he understands the concepts of being able to strike his way in and out of situations so it's incredibly important for me to teach striking in jiu-jitsu to teach grappling as a last resort, not the first resort, to put the primary objective of what we're teaching in self-defense, not sport. Now, when I go train in other schools and other schools visit us, and they can vouch for, for all of this, I can train in exactly the same manner that they can. Can roll for points and you know train, train, train. Like any game, some, some games I'm gonna win, some I'm gonna lose but they could not do the self-defense stuff that we do. They cannot get into the stand-up self-defense, the ground self-defense. They'll have an idea, of course, they can fight extremely well outside. Purple belts, blue belts, they, of course, they can defend themselves, but not defend themselves as in a real live explosion or confrontation. I'm not saying they can't, I'm just saying that if your primary focus is not that, you will always default to your primary focus, especially when you get your head bounced around a little bit. It's incredibly, incredibly important. What strikes 
we use, when we use them, how they open opportunities for a clinch. Maybe I don't want to clinch. Maybe it's not viable for me to clinch. So the striking will keep the fight away. Maybe the aggressor has never been, had a closed fist punched straight in the nose because they're so used to punching other people. We spend a lot of time in understanding body positioning. If how someone's fighting stance dictates power shots, how their fighting stance dictates which arm we should neutralize. There is so much that we teach in striking for jujitsu. We now have a dedicated class for that. And the class is called Striking for Jiu-Jitsu. And again, you know, this is what we're trying to give our students. Our focus is not and will not ever be just the ground fighting style of Jiu-Jitsu. If you go back to Gracie or Maita where, you know, where I train, where I represent with Hoyler Gracie as my instructor, all of their guys are practicing with the gloves. All of the guys are practicing what we consider the old way. Now, am I saying we're better than anyone else? Absolutely not. All I'm saying is if your focus is self-defense and you as an instructor are teaching and propagating self-defense, then you must teach these aspects to your students. Do not lie and uh, to them about this is self-defense class and lesson one, spider guard. They have no concept of someone coming up to them and grabbing them around the neck and pushing them into the wall. Or they have no concept of someone coming up behind them, grabbing them around the neck. Um, you know, we have, to, we have to kind of teach the students what it is. Guys, listen, that's all I have for you today. If you wanna learn self-defense jujitsu, Come down, check it out. If you've never seen it, if you want to try something, you know, we have over seven black belts in the academy. Our association is growing weekly. We just have two more schools um, opened up in Ocala, Florida. Um, and throughout Europe, we have many, many schools and growing at a, a big rate. We also are very, very fortunate to have UFC fighters, MMA fighters, champions coming into our gym all of the time to train with us. Um, if you want to come down, take a look, see if it's for you, you're more than welcome. You can find all our information at www.ekbjj.com. As I said earlier, if you like these podcasts, if you like what we're putting out, these podcasts are for educational use, not to be offensive to anyone. We're just giving my perspective on jujitsu that I was taught and sharing it with everyone. Um, we're not here to discredit anyone. Who are we? You know, in the vast ocean there are people far more experienced than i um, that are out there teaching jiu-jitsu and i'm open to to hearing that um, these podcasts like i said are just for educational purposes and for giving our perspective to this community of jiu-jitsu where where people are not talking about this stuff we're so wrapped up in um politics and drama and all the rest of it listen we're not politicians we're jiu-jitsu black belts. We all have a message. We're all pushing our message. There's enough space for everyone um, in the community to, to, to bring their message forward. Um, if you like what you hear, come down, take a lesson. Come down and enjoy us. I'm always um, listening to your feedback. Wherever I can, I'll, I'll, I will put stuff out. Um, very happy to, to, to see one of our videos on TikTok is up to 
232,000 views, I believe it is, and over a couple of thousand shares. Someone was telling me, I need to go check that. Um, again, we, we put out a combination of both sport and self-defense videos. And that, again, I hope you guys are enjoying it. Go check them out. Leave us some feedback. Let us know what you think. Until next time, guys, enjoy your bank holiday weekend. And uh, hopefully I'll see you guys on the mat soon.